This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Mark Slareth alongside uh, Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff, and uh, got a shout-out to uh, our uh, presenting sponsor, the great people over at Core Water pH balance, unbelievable. Hydrate your huddle with core water. And I'm telling you what, 7.4, that's the key number. That's uh, your natural body's pH level, which is uh, short for potential hydration, which seems to me to be something that's very important. Not exactly sure why, but it sounds important. And that's why you should be drinking core water. Crisp, clean, absolutely delicious, gigantic suck hole. So uh, you can get a lot of water right into your system when you're working out like I'm doing. (laughs) Constantly in the gym just pumping iron that's what i do so that's core water find out more at uh, hydrate with uh, pumping iron or lifting a fork with fork that's an iron fork <laughs> i am so fat right now it's unbelievable <laughs> it is uh, seriously well i just i you i mean you you spend all your time in airports and then when you get to, like, the site that you're going to be working at, you know, mm. you're going out on these, you know, dinners on, on, on the Fox expense uh, tab. Yeah. So you're probably eating like a king yeah. and eating a bunch of junk food. Having the corporate Fox card at mealtime, Ooh. probably not a good idea because I feel like I have to take advantage of it. I feel like I have to gorge As myself. As well you should. Every meal. Yeah. Like, portion size is a big issue, Mike. Portion size... And uh, the fact that I have a sweet tooth, 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 sweet tooth. Maybe if you I stopped eating, maybe if you stopped eating so many sweets, your teeth would actually be in good enough shape that you wouldn't say tooth. My sweet tooth. <laughs> I've got these incredible sweet tooths, Mike, and I'm telling you what, I love to eat sweets. I just sit around and just jam sweets down my gullet, constantly eating sweets. <laughs> Love to eat sweets. Listen, you know, it's Lord not it's mercy. not it's not nice, but God, somebody that can do a good lisp impersonation is so funny. Did I ever tell you the story about when I was working at ESPN? <laughs> We're gonna offend so many people here, but all right, go ahead. Did I ever tell you a story that I was working at ESPN and I almost hit Lou Holtz oh, with geez. a camera? Okay. <laughs> okay, tell the story. Okay, so I used to go into studio all the time. And the big jib, you know what a jib camera is? It's the camera that's at the end of the big, long, like the big, long, well, it's a jib. It's a a big, long, like, pole, and there's a camera at the end of it. 
And, you know, when they come in with these sweeping shots, that's all off the jib camera. Okay. And it almost kind of floats. And and it's a really it's really tricky because everything's backward. Like to keep the, the to keep the picture in frame, if you're if you're like you're going from the high to low, so you let's say you're in the high right hand corner of the studio and you're sweeping from from right in the right hand corner down to the left, so you're sweeping across the shot um, from high to low, and so as you go from the right to the left, you actually, as you move the jib down, you have to move the camera the opposite direction. So there's a little like thumb control, like a little joystick. So as the camera sweeps from right to left, the the lens you've got to sweep the lens from left to right to match it, and then up and down the same thing to keep the the shot in the center. So it's super tricky, and it you know it takes I mean it takes years of work before you can get to be a, an official jib operator. Like it, it's a really it's a, probably one of the toughest things to do as a camera operator. So I used to go into empty studios all the time and I'd play with it because I was trying to figure out how to do it because it was just intriguing. So I'd always be in there. So we used to tape these things called instant analysis. And so you'd be sitting at a at a desk and um you know and, and they go, okay, they tee up with a question like I want you to talk about like give me something football to talk about Mike just give me like we're going to do this impromptu okay no preparation All something right, football um, just give me you know uh, you know what, what's the what's the key to the RPO okay the key to the RPO so I go okay great I'll get you the key to the RPO so you got to do an instant analysis like 45 seconds so I would start and saying three two one well the key to Dallas's RPO game really comes to the fake when you go with the fake, there's two parts to the fake. One, your offensive line needs to come off, explode off the football, and block the running play because you don't even care as an offensive lineman if they throw it behind you. So to sell as the offensive line, to sell that run is the most imperative part because that's going to bring the linebackers up, force them to play that run. Now the quarterback is going to read that offensive line. If that end pinches, Pull the ball. If those linebackers come up, pull the ball and throw it to the X slant behind all that stuff. That's the key to the RPO game, and that's why Dallas has been so good at the running uh, the running of the RPO game. Boom, done, right? Fantastic. So, right, so you're, you're done with that. And so it's, it's really one of the hardest things to do as a television analyst because you're looking into a camera, and they just go, I want you to talk about this 45 seconds ago, right? So Lou Holtz is doing some instant analysis on the set, and I'm operating this camera, so I'm pulling it down, you know, and I'm trying, and I'm just trying to frame it up, you know, and I'm not really even paying attention because he's on the other set, and he's doing his instant analysis. So I'm swinging this camera, I'm swinging this, I'm working so hard, so I don't even realize and notice that he's done with his instant analysis. So he gets up off the set, and he's going to walk through the studio. So I'm jibbing down, I'm trying to do it, and I literally came within inches of hitting him in the head with a camera. And and Lou just goes, I'm behind there, he goes, Jesus Christ, cameraman! And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I, I popped my head out and I go, oh, sorry, coach. And he's like, oh, hey, Stink, how are you? <laughs> uh. I almost like I almost took out Lou Holtz. <laughs> almost took him out. Oh, Just so awesome. stupid. But the <laughs> funny thing was is after he realized it was me, he was like, Oh hey Sting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. 
<laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. It's <laughs> just so dumb. <clears throat> all right. Where yeah. do we where do we go from there? I don't. Um, I don't. All right. So so the Pro Bowl. The Pro, oh. Yay, Pro Bowl voting. You know, Woo-hoo. this is we had a bunch of guys who got announced to the Pro Bowl. 80% of them will bail out of the Pro Bowl, so really all that matters is who all the alternates were and who the sixth alternate will be at a particular position. But uh, were there – we always talk about, you know, snubs. Who got snubbed? You know, who was right. the all-star snub? Who is the Pro Bowl snub? Was there anybody that you feel got uh, got snubbed? Because I'm well, going to tell you in a minute, there was one grossly unfair selection that's going to piss you off. Oh, maybe okay. want well, to go right there now. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I, w- I would say that Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs, who is an interior. Now, here's the deal. He was listed as a defensive end and he really plays inside defensive tackle. You know, it's it's one of those three, four fronts that really are a four, three front. And he really doesn't play end. he plays D tackle. And he's had a sack in 10 straight games, which is an NFL record. NFL record. 10 straight games with a sack. And from the inside, Mike. An interior player that didn't get voted in the Pro Bowl. How is that even possible? Like, how is that possible? Because I have no clue uh, how that's possible. I will tell you one guy that that it wasn't a snub, but it was, you know, it was to me one of the coolest stories out there. Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos, yeah. a guy that we cover all the time. Yep. Philip Lindsay, the first player in the history of the National Football League to be an undrafted rookie free agent and make the Pro Bowl as a rookie undrafted free agent. Offensively. Really offensively player. Yeah, offensively. Offensively, player. yeah. yeah all the, but it was – what a tremendous honor. And the fact that you did it without any fanfare. You know, you weren't a first-rounder. You weren't supposed to do it. You came out here and you were recognized to me because I, I don't know what the fan vote was for Philip Lindsay, but you're recognized by the other players and the coaches and, and administrators, you know, the GMs around the league. That's, a, that's an incredible honor. Just yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, that shows you, you know, especially for a, for a bad slash you know, average team, for him to mm-hmm. still be able to make that kind of impact and, and get named to the team is is outstanding. Now, here's the here's the what I thought was a, a very unfair selection. So, AFC quarterbacks, you had right. Mahomes, Manana, you had Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. and you had mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Mm. Okay, yeah, Andrew Luck should be on this team ahead of Tom Brady. Tom Brady has not had Mike. Tom Brady has not had Mike. Very, Tom Brady has not had a very good year. Well, Andrew Mike. Luck's what been do you mean far, he... Andrew Luck's been far more what impactful, valuable, whatever you want to call it. The eye test. The eye test. The you know what the eye test says. The yeah. eye test is you need to shave, get rid of that neck beard. <laughs> You're going to beat the angelic Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady's beautiful. Oh, geez. 24 TDs, nine interceptions, and he's got this angel-like glow about him when he walks on the football field. And, you know, I mean, I mean, he looks like a, a supermodel. Who, guy has, is, who has done more with less, Andrew Luck or Tom Brady? Well, Brady's, Tom Brady. No, this year. Brady's still got Edelman. He's still got Gronk. He's still got Josh Gordon. You know, who's, who's Andrew Luck throwing to? Tight ends. Andrew Luck looks like a version of Honest Abe Lincoln. That's his problem. No, I mean Andrew Luck's had a great season. In all seriousness, he's a great season. What are statistically? What is Andrew Luck compared to Tom Brady right now? No, oh, you know, 
You're going to have to do some homework? Yeah, do a quick, quick little research here. Just keep chatting. Okay. A little well, sidebar. Can, like, I'm here, 24 TDs, 9 interceptions. I know that's right for Brady. Where is Andrew Luck in all this? Yeah. If we're well, going side by side. Andrew Luck stats. Okay, okay. Here, here we go. I probably I sh- I probably should have had these uh, up before I made. Well, this, we don't ever this, actually plan. This, we just start talking. This 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 claim of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you probably should have done some research. Here's the there. problem. You know, the other thing too is I got fat fingers. Every time I try to do Andrew Luck, it keeps coming up Andrew Lick. No, oh, well, I don't know. What, see what his statistics. Are. Maybe you better not Google <laughs> that I while better, you're at work. I better not go. Andrew Andrew Lick. Lick. Yeah, that's uh, probably a bad idea. Okay, this year, Andrew Luck has thrown 34 touchdowns this year. 34. He's thrown 24. Yeah, 10 more touchdowns. How many interceptions? 13, though. Okay. Way, way. 34 touchdowns to 13 picks versus 24 to 9 for Brady. He's completing, what is he completing percentage-wise? Oof. 67% of his passes? Is that right? Yeah. Plus, Luck's doing it with a first-year, first-time head coach. Brady still has Belichick. Brady still has McDaniels. Mm-hmm. So, just admit it. Just admit so, it. I mean, that, that that Brady. So, essentially, you're saying that I am right. It has to do with the neck beard is the reason he got no, snubbed. No, this has to do all with reputation. Yeah. And and Brady's. Well, that's, but that's the problem. Reaping I... the benefits of. But I'm just, okay, I, I get it. I know why right. he got Name, but I'm just I'm just telling you that was a reputation pick, and Andrew Luck was more deserving. Well, you know what they're going to give Andrew Luck? One, he'll probably go anyhow. Well, they'll give him the comeback player of the year, won't they? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, okay. Nah, but you still should, you probably still should get voted in as the Pro Bowl. Thirty-four touchdowns versus thirteen picks. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing. I you know Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I mean, I guess. You look at Christian McCaffrey, what he's doing, and he was on pace for a while, or close to being on pace to be the third thousand thousand guy in his in the in the history of the National Football League. You know, thousand yards rushing, thousand yards catch, uh, receiving, but he's not going to. He obviously is not going to get it. I don't think with two games left. Um, so I don't think he's. But he had a legitimate shot with three or four games left to play to get that. Um, I don't think he'll get it from a receiving standpoint. I think is where he's going to fall short. But uh, Christian McCaffrey doesn't go for the NFC as a running back. I think it was Saquon Barkley, um, Zeke, Zeke Elliott, and and Todd Gurley. Wow. Which you LA, know, LA, New York, Dallas. I mean, there you go. Right, but I mean, I I could see that though. I mean, I, you're right about Andrew. I'll give you that about Andrew. Look, I just don't like you. You know, my boy Tom Brady. Oh, uh, okay. You know, I'm just a little sensitive about Tom. Hey, uh, did you see the the story? You got I, I like to call them FOSs, uh, friend of stinks. And mm-hmm. friends of Stink. And yeah. from your ESPN days, Ryan Clark, who does a great job, he said his his idea is that the Green Bay Packers need to give Nick Saban the farm, back up the Brinks truck, empty blank check, whatever, that they need to entice Nick Saban, who will probably win another national championship, has won 88% of his games at, at Alabama, and entice him with the idea of coming back to the NFL to right the one wrong in his coaching record, which is two years in Miami, fifteen and seventeen as an NFL coach, mm-hmm. you see that happening? I just, I just, I don't, I don't. To me, no, I don't see it happen. I mean, you are probably, arguably, the greatest coach in college football history. Um, you're at Alabama. You don't have to recruit. The recruiting gets done for you, like 
you 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 just if you offer anybody, they're coming, right? You're Alabama for crying out loud. What what's his record at Alabama? You had that earlier. It's like it's like I mean, 148 and 20. Yeah, it's just absolutely insane. Um, you know, your highest you're the highest paid person in the state for or the state. You know, it just is like I don't know that you're a great fit at the NFL level. Why not? Well, I mean, you're older. Um, I think in college, you know, you you have you don't in college you you're just a dictator. You know, Nick Saban loves to like. I'm I'm talking to John Gruden. When John Gruden was still with uh, ESPN, he was doing Monday night, and so he was prepping for the draft. So he went to spring practices, you know, and you know talked to coaches about players and things of that nature. And he said, you know, he went to spring spring practice in Alabama with Nick Saban, and it was I mean it was full go Woody Low, man. It was, you know, buckle up your buckets, man. We're gonna start smash mouthing each other. He goes, it was pads were popping, it was loud, there was grunting, you know, there was just all kinds of stuff going on, right? Then he said he went to a Chip Kelly practice at Oregon, it sounded like a pillow fight broke out. <laughs> you know, it was like a sorority pillow fight. <laughs> and so, anyhow, I mean, it just, like, was different. I Like, Nick Saban, that's what he, he's old school, you know, he's a dinosaur when it comes to that stuff. You can't do that in the NFL anymore. Um, you know, wait, players, wait, 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 all I've heard is that, Nick Saban is the Bill Belichick of college football. And, oh, by the way, the two are, like, best buddies. Mm-hmm. Must be a real laugh fest when the two of them oh, get gosh. together. Could you imagine? Like, what is that conversation? Oh, jeez. But first off, you know they can't talk about anything but football, right? Right. Nothing. How's the family? They'd be powerless. Right. You're just like, you're just like how's the family? Well, it's a lot like a Invert cover two. Um, you're like, what? What? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. How, the gra- how the grandkids. How it reminds me of an ISO, a lead ISO play, you know, back in the 70s. But uh, if Belichick can do it, why couldn't Saban? I, you know, be- because Belichick is grandfathered in. Okay. All Don't right. you think that, that there's a certain, like, we have a, a system here and, well, I mean, he, here's the deal. Do you think that's going to flow, continue to flow when, and, and maybe it's already started. Like, I think Brady has empowered Belichick like Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili empowered Greg Popovich. Right. Like, you know, who was it that said, was it uh, – Oh, I, I know who it was. Uh, who's a basketball coach that said you, you got to – You hot snot, you. Yeah. You, you hot said, snot. No, you – it's yours. Yeah, it is mine. Uh, Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly. He said you, you you are trying to get the players' permission to coach them. Right, right. Yeah, I'm giving you credit, Mike. Right. I'm giving you credit. You were like didn't... some guy, some guy, some guy said – No, 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 no. I knew it was you. I was, oh, tra- I was just, trying to think of the tra- – Daily, all right. Da- Chuck Daly, okay. yeah. You have to get permission to coach the players right. today. Right, And And, you know, I mean, th- because Tom Brady has given Bill Belichick permission. But, you know, it feels like to me over the last couple of years with the whole Alex Guerrero, his trainer, and some of the other stuff, the Super Bowl decision with Malcolm Butler, it seems that Brady has pulled some of that – permission and maybe that's the reason you know maybe that's one of the reasons that things aren't as smooth you know normally come december this is a well-oiled machine and it certainly isn't that right now the way it's gone so 
I mean, maybe that's the case. You know, maybe that's the case and, and the reason. But, you know, forever Brady would allow, like I said, Belichick to, you know, Belichick to coach him, Belichick to yell at him. Bel- you know, Tom, uh, Teddy Brisky used to tell me this all the time. Like, uh, and John Lynch told me a story too, general manager of San Francisco. But Teddy Brisky used to say that, you know, Belichick would be on Brady in meetings, like team meetings. Like I could I mean, look at this, you know, Brady. I could get a, I could get a high schooler from Foxborough, you know, high to do this right here to carry out that fake. I could get, you know, and just berating Tom Brady in front of the team meeting. And 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 John Lynch said when he first, you know, he left. I think Denver and, and went there um, to New England, played the preseason, and then retired. You know, he got through the preseason, just like I don't, I don't have it in me anymore. But he said that Belichick just just ripped Brady a new one in team meeting, and um, and like Lynch was like, "Oh my God, I couldn't believe it!" And he goes, "I'm walking by Belichick in the hallway the other, you know, afterwards." He goes, "What'd you think? What'd you think?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, he's you know he's in on he's giving me permission to to rip his butt just because if I can rip his butt, I can rip anybody's butt." There you go. That's how the is key. yeah? How's Greg Popovich? You know how's how's that going without you know managing Obi exactly. without you know exactly. what I mean. Seriously. It's why it's why I hope I hope that once Brady's done in New England, Belichick coaches at least another five years in New England because I think it'll be once and for all the argument argument will be settled. Was it Brady or was it Belichick? And I think those five years will clearly show that it was Brady. Yeah, I don't. You know, it'll be interesting to see exactly how it goes if they go out together. But I have a feeling that Belichick, like most coaches, and and I don't know about you know we started this whole thing with Saban, but like. I think it was it was part of Mike Shanahan, you know, when when John Elway retired, it was Mike Shanahan going, "Okay, now I can prove that, you know, you can win a championship with a different quarterback." And you know, we know we all know in Denver how that went. Yeah, and, next 3 years he was a 500 coach. Yeah, and I think there's a I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of that that happens um where if you don't have the guy, it's it's really hard to win without the guy. And and so All right, I don't know. so I'm, I'm with you on that. So all right, then the the whole what we saw from New England against Pittsburgh. Then is it? It almost sounds like you're sort of diminishing what Pittsburgh did in advance to this, you know, big trip down to New Orleans. That you're not really sold on the Steelers. No, I think the Steelers. I think the Steelers did a couple of things that I thought were tremendous in that game. I, I think one, they got out of some of the zone stuff that they did, and they double teamed. Gronkowski on the inside, they double teamed Edelman on the inside, they played man on the outside and basically said, you know what, this is the guy that's hurt us, we're not going to let him beat us. These two guys have hurt us, we're not going to let them beat us. So I think they did that. They also created some plays in the running game out of shotgun. They ran on a consistent basis. This is a team that is so enamored with their talent on the outside, with their wide receiving core, with Big Ben as their quarterback, that they tend to forget that smash mouth football wins, you know, wins football games coming down the stretch. They went back. Samuel had, you know, 158 yards rushing. But one of the plays they created, which I had never really seen before, to, to the best of my knowledge, Mike, a toss counter out of shotgun. So they they – the running back takes like two steps. Ben Roethlisberger tosses it to him like it's an outside like crack toss. They pull the guard and pull like a tight end, and then the running back goes back on counter, and they got the edge consistently against the Patriots. It, I mean, it's a like like I said, I really to the best of my knowledge, I can't remember ever seeing the play before. 
to, to actually toss the ball and to run counter the opposite way that you tossed it. Um, I thought it was a tremendous play, and they ran it a bunch of times and, and basically gutted the Steelers, or the Steelers gutted the, the Patriots for about 158 yards doing that. So I thought, I thought from a coaching standpoint um, and an execution standpoint, the, the Steelers certainly – you know, deserved to win that game. Now, I thought they were going to give it away late in that last drive. I thought, you know, here comes the Patriots. They're going to win this game, and, you know, they're going to score a touchdown here. And, obviously, they got into the red zone. They had a penalty, um, and then they couldn't, you know, they couldn't punch it in the end zone down by, what were they, down by seven, I think. It was uh, 10-17. So, um, you know, I'll give the Steelers a lot of credit for that win because, you know, the uh, let's face it, New England's kind of, you know, been their personal – it's been, you know, I mean, they're they're – kind of who's your daddy type of thing so right, right. well um, all right then as we as we jump then into our uh money maker picks yeah brought, hey by the way brought to you by our, our great friends at bud light and you can check out uh the all the all the uh, bud light the uh, team cans check out the team cans from bud light they're absolutely tremendous um and they sponsor the money maker pick so who goes first uh, well, you by the, the way first off both two and both two and one again yesterday no last both week? one and two same thing, one yeah. and two, two and one. But I still have a commanding half point lead. Correct? <laughs> yes, that tie, that tie that happened way. Back. I don't even remember what game it was that you pushed, but that tie is uh, your salvation right now. It's why you're ahead of me by one scant half game. But uh, yeah, you got New Orleans minus uh, five and a half over Pittsburgh. Is that a game that you would like to choose? You you get to go first. No, you know what? I'm not. I'm I'm not going that direction. Uh, okay, here's here's where I'm going right now. Um, Tampa at Dallas, Dallas minus eight. I, I'm going to take Tampa. Hmm. I'm going to take Tampa in that game. I think it's going to be a close game. So I'll go with Tampa in that game, getting the eight points. Minnesota at Detroit. Detroit looks like an absolute train wreck. Minnesota hung a bunch of points uh, last week on a terrible um, – who'd they play last week? Would they play Arizona? No. Who'd they play last week? No, uh, they beat uh, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, yeah. Um, I think Minnesota. I, I was confused there for a second because it was Atlanta that hung a, a bunch of points on on um, Arizona that were horrible. Yeah, they beat the Dolphins, but they beat them soundly. Um, giving up five and a half over Detroit. Detroit just looks like a mess right now. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings, even though it's a divisional game, to cover that spread. I believe they get that done, and then I'm going to go to. Um, should I go to the well one more time, Mike? I can't go to the well one more time, can I? Are you going to take the Patriots again? <sighs> 14 points at home? Buffalo. I can't do that, can I? No, I can't do that. You know where I'm going to go? I'm going Chicago on the road against San Francisco. Chicago, a four-point favorite over San Francisco. I'm taking Chicago. I'm taking that defense um, over the 49ers. I'll take Chicago to cover that spread. All right, good picks, good picks. I will. Um, I will go first. Uh, or I'll go next. I'll take the Chargers at home minus four and a half over Baltimore. At at some point, this 1960s SEC style running game offense that the the, the Ravens are doing are going to be uh, figured out. Lamar Jackson on the road just just can't see it. So the Chargers are playing great football. I'll take the Chargers minus four and a half uh, over Baltimore. Then I will take Kansas City. Minus uh, two and a half at Seattle. That's a, that's a gift to only have to give up two and a half uh, for the for the Chiefs. I just I don't know Seattle losing last week. I, I I think I give a lot of credit to Seattle and Pete Carroll. I think they've gotten the absolute most out of that team, but I don't think that they can uh, hang with Kansas City. And then uh, one that uh, 
is is probably going to to hurt you, hurt you a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Oakland Raiders in what will likely be their final game in the black hole, plus two and a half against their hated rivals, the Denver Broncos. I'm going to take Oakland on Christmas Eve, plus Oof. the two and a half. You're taking the Raiders. Sorry. I can't. I don't even know you. <laughs> I mean, Denver, man, you you got a lot going on there. You got a team that now knows their coach is, is going to be fired, that John Elway wanted to fire the coach and replace him with Mike Shanahan, you know, circa 1999. But the uh, de facto owner, because they don't have a clear-cut owner, Nick's the, I mean, if that doesn't speak to some of the dysfunction going on in Denver, I don't know what does. Plus, you got a v- bunch of veteran players who probably have no interest whatsoever in playing on Christmas Eve Oof. in Oakland. Yeah, give me the give me the Raiders. You know what? The other point is, what does Vaughn Miller have to play for? He already set the sack record. Right? No. Where's nuts. his motivation? <laughs> That's no motivation. You're right. Gosh, I hate it when you're right. I know. I'm sorry. I know that one hurts. I hate you, it because you owned, man. You own the Raiders during your playing days. Maybe, you know what, maybe we should go head-to-head on that one and then we both pick one more game. What do you think? All right, you'll take Denver? I'll take Denver. We'll give a fourth pick. All right, you'll take Denver minus the two and a half. All All right, right, I'll give you the first pick on the fourth pick. All right, I get one more. Well, no, now you have four. Yeah, I know, I I know, but I'm giving you the first one and then I'll take the second. I'll take the the leftovers. Go ahead. No, you already have four with Denver. (laughs) Now I need one more. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. Oh, so here's what I'm going to do. Okay, wait a minute. You go. Here you go. All right. They've I've done I've done very well this year going against the Patriots. I'm going to go one more time. Buffalo plus 14 against the Patriots. See, I feel like that one should be head to head too. Hey. Why not? You want to okay. do that? Yep. All right, go, you'll take. All right, so now I'll, I get one more. I'll take the Patriots. Okay. <laughs> now I get one more. All right. All right. This is fun. This is fun. We're gonna pick all the games. Uh, I get one more. I'll take. Um, I'm gonna take. Boy, Carolina looks like a. Ooh, that was ugly. Uh, you know what? I think Atlanta. Mm. Kind of figuring out their lot in life, and they're they're playing with a little spirit at the end. I'm gonna take Atlanta plus the two and a half at Carolina. I actually like that pick. Cam Newton looks Cam Newton's just injured. Yep. They may not they may not let him play. Well. They may shut him down, Mike. Well then I'm gonna jump on the two and a half while I got it. Yeah. They may shut him down. Um All right, all so right. we're going well, with I five mean, this, this week. Ooh, ooh, this could be ooh. This could this you know what this is like? This is like separation day, right? Yeah, here. it's like separation Saturday at the yeah. Masters, you know? Yeah. Moving day. Moving day. Hmm. <laughs> Speaking of moving day, I gotta hit the head. All right. So uh <laughs> Mark's gotta go poop, everybody. <laughs> Not really. Well kind of. <laughs> you know there's no kind of with me. No. I either gotta maybe. go. It's or full no. it's full bore. Yeah. All right. It is hell Can you give me like one it. more list before you leave? What, oh what you one, one more Lou Holtz. What was it? Again? Oh. <laughs> Jeepers Crow cameraman. <laughs> Gee was Willikers. All right, All right. so I'll just go ahead and I'll just go take you out on this. All right. So for everybody involved with the Stink of Truth podcast, we'd really like to thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week to wrap it all up uh, as week 17 gets underway. That's the Stink of Truth podcast for Mike Evans, for Scott the Huff, and for me, Mark Solaris. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>